This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, to Talking Tuesday here on Sports Talk. Coaches were talking. We were listening. Now, we're going to talk about it tonight here on Sports Talk, 888-898-2525. We come to you from the Dave & Buster's studios here in Columbia. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel here, Chris Bergen at our Sardis Extension office at his beautiful studio that we've upfitted for him there. Cozy, comfortable, and warm in these wintry, yeah, these wintry conditions <laughs> that we're dealing with here in South Carolina. Mother Nature has turned against degrees. us. What are you talking about, wintry? It it's was like 70 40, degrees outside. 41 degrees at Clemson today when I got up there. 41, wintry, wintry. I had my own personal winter storm warning out there. It was raining. I-85 was backed up for miles going. Which way was I going? Uh, the other way. It was on the other side. Um, that, which, of course, reminds me of what's coming up a week from Saturday when the traffic going into Clemson oh, will be my. an absolute <laughs> bear. Uh, but we'll get through it. It'll be fine. Good thing is the game will be over uh, early afternoon, mid-afternoon, and uh, people can go about their business at that point in time. A week from Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, a week from Saturday. Not this Saturday. Miami, that's 3.30. Gamecocks, 12 o'clock. So I was up at Clemson today, and uh, Dabo Sweeney, uh, you know, trying to uh, make sure people are excited about playing a Miami team that's 5-5, five and five, but coming off a win over Georgia Tech but a team that's been dealing with injuries at the quarterback position. But it is Miami, and you know, even when they're bad, they've got athletes, mainly from South Florida, long, lean, physical on defense, some good receivers. They'll have to wait and see what happens at the quarterback position. Got some good running backs. So he just wants his Tigers to continue with what he calls the fourth quarter, take care of their business, let the chips fall where they may, if they can finish up with a couple of more wins. I tell you, I was looking at it today, and he talks about the fourth quarter and Clemson's record under Sweeney. The fourth quarter being the last, what he considers the fourth quarter of the season, not the fourth right. quarter of a game, the fourth quarter of the season. Basically, you're talking about your November and December games at that point in time. And I was looking at it today in the Clemson pregame notes because they have a breakdown, and his record, since 2008 when he took over, his record in November and December. Well, his overall record in games played in November, 44-12 and 12 in games played in November, and in games played in December, 16-2. and two. So under Sweeney, wow. the Tigers are 60-14 and 14 in what you might consider the fourth quarter. And if you chop it down – even more, and just go back to 2016 when they won their first national championship. I mean, their record is almost uh, almost perfect. I think they've only lost like three times in November and December since 2016. Something ridiculous like that. So that's what he strives for. That's what he's pushing his team for. 
to have another quality finish and then carry that momentum over to the postseason, mm-hmm. whatever that happens to be, whether it's just uh, a bowl game, a regular bowl game, or a spot in the playoffs. So they still have some work to do, and they need some help. Now, tonight's the night that the third edition of the rankings will come out. I don't think they're coming out until after this basketball game, right? That's correct. I think ESPN's got a basketball doubleheader. Since they own the playoffs and they own the rankings, they make you wait, and they they release them when they want to release them to fit a hole in their TV schedule, which will come between the two basketball games. Thank you so much for doing that for us. Um, Otherwise, uh, health-wise, he announced that Malcolm Green is going to have surgery on a groin. I have a hard time saying that word, growing. How do you say it? Growing. Growing. Not a growing, but a growing. No, it's a growing. A growing. G-R-O-I-N. Pat, how do you, how do you say it? Groin. Oh, you say it like I do. Yeah. Like it's growing. growing. Like, like it's growing. Yeah. No, but it's growing. There's no G on the end of it, though, guys. <laughs> growing. <laughs> growing. It's a hard word to say. I'll give you that. Well, it's, it's just to think about, you know, where that is in your body and what they're going to do to it. That just kind of well, hurts. Well, see, and that's, that's, the, that's the more legitimate problem we have as men. Yeah. We don't like talking about the injuries to that portion of our anatomy. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so, anyway, he's going to have to have some surgery. Uh, going to set him back for a while. Uh, Thomas had surgery on his foot. That went well. He's in good spirits. And he also said that um, Venables remains out. And just going off the top of my head here, Venables remains out. Oh, Bo Collins' practice could be back for Saturday. He could be back for Saturday. And so uh, things are you know looking good from a health standpoint for the Tigers. So that's pretty much the story from up at Clemson from the Dabo Sweeney press conference. We'll have a segment of that for you here on the program tonight, a Talking Tuesday. Now, Pat was over at USC today with uh, the players and with Shane Beamer. What did you think about what he had to say? Real fast first, when you mentioned one more question about Clemson, did he update Kobe Pace? Because after the game the other day, and we forgot to mention this last night, uh, Dabo Sweeney did mention that he thought Kobe Pace would have potentially been available if they needed him this past weekend, but they decided to hold him out another week. Did he give any indication as to whether he'll play against Miami? He's ready to play. Okay. Yeah, he, he's right there. Like you said, he could have played last week if needed, but they had Moffa and they had Shipley, and they felt good about that. And Uyangalale became like a third running back for him. Yeah. So they were good, didn't need him. But he is available uh, when, you know, if needed, and they'll start working him back into the rotation. Now, uh, Shane Beamer. Okay, yep. So as for today, Coach Beamer, like I feel like probably a vast majority of coaches around the country today, and, and again, we will reiterate this as well, just absolutely thinking and praying for all the people up in Charlottesville and involved with the, with the UVA football team and with all their families. And uh, uh, Coach Beamer gave a very nice opening statement, just letting him know he was thinking about them. We, of course, all know about his past being with Virginia Tech. And even with the rivalry, there are some things that, of course, are much larger than a rivalry. And and just horrific situations like this is when communities, even if they don't like each other on the football field, will collectively come together off of the field. So so everybody is, is certainly thinking and, and praying for the best uh, uh, for what is happening up in Charlottesville. Um, after that, though, Coach Beamer kind of sidestepped and he, he wanted to clarify his previous comments about the, the quote, finding your joy. Um, he wanted to make it clear that he was not calling out the fans. He was instead talking about a tiny percentage of the fan base that tends to focus solely on the negative aspects of games after a win or a loss. 
and he was trying to speak more to those people in particular to, to maybe try to find some positives or some light in the darkness. Um, he also wanted to make it clear that he is open to criticism, saying that he's been around this his whole life. He spent uh, his, whole, his whole childhood and early adult life hearing complaints and criticism about, about his dad. Um, and then, of course, throughout his, his time as an assistant under Steve Spurrier and then again out under Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. So he, but he also went on to then, I hope I'm clear with this, to me, it almost felt like he was then kind of defending his statement, though, doubling down a bit, saying that he does want people to not only focus on the negatives, even after this past weekend, but to find some positives and saying that there is no curse out there. I, I do believe I may have slightly misquoted him, didn't mean to do that. I said chicken curse. He did not specifically say there's no chicken curse, but he did specifically say there is no curse around this program. Uh, mm -hmm. He did leave out the word chicken, so I want to make sure I clarify that. Um, but he wanted to make it clear that he does not feel there's a dark cloud or a curse around this program. There is positives. It's not just doom and gloom, although I think a lot of us were scratching our heads after this past weekend's performance. Maybe just an odd time to bring that up. But he did want to kind of clarify his stance there. He then went on to say that the defense must do a better job slowing down Tennessee's tempo offense coming out of the gate than they did last year. Remember last year, the Vols jumped out to a 28-0 first quarter lead, mm. essentially put the game away in the first 15 minutes. He also mentioned that uh, there will be many big-name recruits in town uh, this weekend and that he, they're going to make it a point to have them take in the scenes of Paul Feinbaum and the SEC crew over at the Horseshoe and that he also hopes for there to be a raucous home atmosphere for Senior Day. Uh, and then speaking of those seniors, he was asked about his thoughts on if he expected some of these seniors to take advantage of their bonus year from COVID, COVID and maybe come back for an extra year. And he said that he did not mean to – let me see if I can find the exact quote. Uh, not to quote, not to take someone else's expression, but they've been all in on everything we've done here. So, of course, borrowing a little bit from Dabo there, but saying that, that he does – he was hinting that maybe some of these upperclassmen that could depart may return for another year. Uh, let's see. What else was he asked about? He, he was asked about Pete Limbo's importance to the program. Remember this past weekend – the only offense, or excuse me, the only touchdown of the game by the Gamecocks was was on a fake punt. He said there's a reason why when he got hired as, as a head coach, he wanted either Limbo or nobody else as special teams coordinator. If he was not able to get Pete Limbo, he was going to do that job himself. And and then he really just, just tried to focus on this weekend and, and looking ahead as opposed to what happened this past weekend and just how they're going to game plan for Tennessee and that they have a big a big opportunity ahead of them to quote-unquote shock the world. All right, very good. Not even sure we need to play the audio since you pretty much gave us a word-for-word uh, -word breakdown of what breakdown, he had to no say. Doubt. But <laughs> we much. will play some of it a little bit later. <laughs> and also, uh, Tony Elliott had a late afternoon press conference up at Virginia, Chris, and you were watching that. We'll play a little bit of that, but what would you take away? It was hard to watch. I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, they are in they, I, I don't know where their mindset is right now, but the last thing I think on their minds up at UVA is football. And Tony Elliott evidently went straight from the hospital where one of his players is in critical condition and underwent a, a second surgery earlier today. That's Mike Hollis. Um, he's a running back for them, and he went straight from there to the press conference. So you can begin to imagine where his emotions are. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they made the comment that they are, aren't sure as to what they're going to do this weekend with regards to the matchup with Coastal Carolina, nor, you know, even moving into next week. Would they, would they be even in, in a mood to play Virginia Tech, their rivalry game? 
I think that is so far away from their minds right now, they haven't even begun to consider. And uh, Tony Elliott talked about the only thing I wanted to do was to get done with this press conference to get right back to my players and put an arm around them and hug them and let them know how, how much we think about them. I, if you didn't watch it, it was really uncomfortable and difficult to watch, and you can only imagine. Uh, parents out there, Imagine losing a child. Tony Elliott, in some regards, has lost three of his. And now another one that's in critical condition at the hospital by the hand of another one of their former players up in Virginia. I'm not, I'm not sure anybody can make any sense as to what's going on in Charlottesville right now. And I, I can't imagine, I, you know, just my, my feeling watching the press conference today, Phil, and again, that's reading between the tea leaves and, and judging by what Matt Hogue told us yesterday right before the show that they had not had any discussions at this point, but they were still talking about what they may do Saturday. I can't imagine that football team is going to be in any shape to mm-hmm. play on Saturday. Yeah. I, I really can't. Yeah, I just really. don't know how they, they feel the team. And if they do props to UVA for being able to to put that team together and get them back out there and try to do some something you know sports is is a great healer it always has been think back to September the 11th the terrorist attacks you think back after World War II with baseball there are a lot of things that sports has been able to do in terms of healing I just don't know if, if UVA is ready at this point in time to start the healing process. They're still going through the grieving process right now. Yeah, excellent point. Dabo Sweeney also had comments, of course, at the very beginning of his press conference. He pointed out, you know, of course, he knows Tony Elliott better than anybody. Raised Tony Elliott as a young man, as a football player at Clemson, as an assistant coach, as his offensive coordinator. He says he's the right man at the right time at Virginia to handle this situation because, I mean, Tony had some great strife in his life uh, growing up. And so a person who is um, well-prepared to handle this kind of situation is someone like a Tony Elliott. So he's fully confident that Tony can deal with what's uh, been dealt to them up there, but also, of course, is highly sympathetic to their situation there at Virginia. When he talked about there's no script as to how you deal with a situation like this, no one can prepare you to have a former player take the lives of three current players and possibly a fourth, depending on when we certainly hope that the young man who's in the hospital right now in critical condition turns the corner and, and heals. But I mean, there, there's no way you prepare. You, you just can't, I, I can't even begin to imagine how you, you sift through this and understand that this was one of your own at UVA who turned his back on the, the football program. I, I just don't know how they're going to handle this moving forward. Okay. <clears throat> Phone number, 888 2525 South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. Before we hear from the coaches, we'll hear from you. We'll take your phone calls. Did you know that since 2002, more than $2.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund life scholarships for the state's college-bound students? Learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education. We come to you from the Dave and Buster studio on this Talking Tuesday. Eat, drink, play, catch all the big games all season long at Dave and Buster's in Columbia, in Greenville, and in Myrtle Beach. Got basketball tonight as well. We'll touch on the schedule, including Clemson hosting Upstate up at Little John Coliseum. We'll be back in a moment. 
When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, basketball tonight, you've got Clemson hosting Upstate. That game's going to tip off at uh, 7 o'clock. We've got Appalachian State playing Louisville right now. And, and App State is in. up. I've got it to <laughs> 17-7. to 7. Yeah. App State, Louisville's off to kind of a rugged start, aren't they? They're 0-2. I don't think they've won a game yet. Yeah, they're 0-2. And 0 have been embarrassed. 0-2. Yeah. you got Winthrop playing at Auburn tonight. And then you've got um, – You've got Kentucky, Michigan State, got the Champions Classic, Kentucky, Michigan State, Duke, and Kansas. They really should really call it the Cheaters Classic, but <laughs> I'm going with Champions Classic, but cheating got them championships, <laughs> so cheating the Champions Classic. Yeah, but they are keeping I mean, Bill Self out of that game, remember? He's suspended right. for that game for Kansas. All three, there's three of the four have been embroiled in something, right? Michigan State's been sort of... They haven't been caught up in anything related to cheating, but you know Duke, you got Zion being paid off. You got, mm-hmm. of course, Kentucky, and you got the Kansas stuff. So you got all that. Uh, what else we got tonight? We've got uh, Colgate, Syracuse, um, FAMU at Miami, Utah Valley at Wake Forest, Vandy at Temple. Vandy's off to an zero and two start. Mm-hmm. Morris College at the Citadel, UTC at Ole Miss, uh, Southern Illinois at Missouri. No. What is S-I-U-E? Southern, what is that? S-I-U-E. Southern Illinois. Illinois University of Evansville, I think. Southern Illinois University of Evansville? Evansville, I believe. I've never heard of it. I'm not mistaken. Gardner-Webb plays at North Carolina. F-I-U at NC State. Uh, Edwardsville. I'm sorry, Phil. S-I-U-E. S-I-U-E. Okay. Okay. And that's it. I think that's it for... That's it for the for tonight. As far as the games, we keep a teams we keep a watch on. All right, let's get to the phone calls. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is the phone number. Got a couple lines open. Tried to get through last night. You couldn't get through tonight. We begin with Tiger Brian in Lancaster. Tiger Brian, always good to have you with us 
on Sports Talk. Hope you're doing well. Hope you uh, hope you're handling this uh, wintry weather we're having in in good shape today. Yeah, I'll tell you what it's it's raw. It's you know, raw. I'm telling you. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, I want to give y'all credit. Hey, you know, like I told Pat. Hey, I feel for them guys. You know, all the families at Virginia. You know, I mean, University of Virginia. I mean, not just called Tony went there as the head coach, but you know, I mean, it's terrible this this country we live in. But you know what? Y'all make me feel better just listening to y'all sports talk. <laughs> well, we try to be a diversion. We try to yeah. help you get your minds off of things. And anytime there's a tragedy, and look, we've done this show going on 38 years, and we've been on the air through a lot of tragedies. I mean, a lot of tragedies. We don't take a, the night off and something bad happens. We've been on the air through uh, invasions. We've been on the air through 9-11. We've been on the air through mass shootings and all the above. Uh, but the idea is to help you think about something else for a couple of hours. Hopefully, we yeah. accomplish that. Uh, y'all do a great job on it. Hey, hey, y'all got me through when, uh, hell, the old ball coach beat us about, what, five years in a row? Mm-hmm. <laughs> South Carolina. Say, but, hey, I want y'all to give a shout out to all the people that, hey, if they don't understand what meets, uh, y'all mean to me, and the real people that listen to you, they don't understand football in life. Y'all, y'all do more than just football and, bait and recruiting and all. Y'all give everybody a life lesson if they listen to you and understand it. I thank you. I'm going to let somebody else talk, man. Well, thank you, uh, TB. Don't forget to call back and give us your uh, prediction on the USC-Clemson-Clemson-USC game. Well, uh, I done told you. It's thirty-one seventeen. Oh, did you say that? When did you say that? Yeah, I did. That's been about two weeks ago. Okay. Boy. Oh, you got Man, you been, But you got it. You, you got it. That's as close as we've had so far. We've had thirty-eight to three. We've had forty-two to ten. And then we had somebody on our Twitter. Let's see if I can find this real quick. Somebody on our Twitter mentioned uh threw a prediction up there. Let's see if I can find it real quick. It was um this was kind of cute. It was um, seventy to twenty-eight as as the prediction. Nah, he said, nah, "No, no." But he, he said, "No." He said the Gamecocks will not cross the fifty, but they'll score four special team touchdowns. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seventy, I wouldn't 70 that twenty-eight. Dabo wouldn't do that. He gonna run score up on me. No. Oh, I don't know. Um, well, he, he's got to win. Either. He's got to win impressively the I, next two I, I weeks. Win, I, Next three weeks. Corn, we're, we're, we're about a top seven or eight team in the nation. You hear me? I hear you. We're not. We're not a top. Four. We don't. We don't need to go to playoffs. Okay. Really, I'm just telling you. We're six, seventeen. You know, we're not. No, I mean, I said, yeah, Tiger Bryant don't be dogging his Tigers long too many times. But that's you know, I, I, I call it like I see it. What'd you see? Well, I, I don't think they can – I don't know about a matchup with TCU. I don't think they could handle Georgia, and I don't think no. they could handle Ohio State. No. And TCU, I don't know. I don't know about their defense. I mean, Clemson might would have some success against a TCU defense. I don't know that they would have success against a Georgia defense or Ohio State defense. They couldn't beat Tennessee. We couldn't beat Tennessee, I don't think. And if t- yeah, yeah, if – if you face I Tennessee. I think we about six, seven, but y'all have a great night, man. Thank you. I appreciate y'all, man. 
Pray for, hey, pray for all the Virginia people, man. You got it. Thank you very much. And Stay if Tennessee warm. gets in, Phil, I'm not sure Clemson does. Exactly. So that may yeah. not be an issue. That's why, yeah. I didn't, that's why I didn't include them. I was yeah. really thinking about the others if they got in. And TCU, if they finish undefeated, they're going to get in. I think the whole question comes down to does the SEC get two or does the Big Ten get two? Mm-hmm. Um, now, they, that could be taken care of if Georgia beats LSU, then the SEC will get one. Uh, and then, but the question will be what happens with the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, especially if it's again a, a really good ball game that goes down to a kick or overtime. You know, the loser looks very good in losing one of those kind of deals. How do you leave them out? Yeah, good point. And to uh, Tiger Bryant's point about uh, Dabo probably wouldn't run the score up to that point. Don't forget a couple of years ago when they scored with 39 seconds left to go in a game that was already 49 to 35. They didn't have to score, and they could have taken a knee and run out the clock, but they punched it in one more time. So if, if Dabo's got a chance, uh, especially against the Gamecocks, and he, he needs to get some style points, don't be surprised that they try and punch one in late in the ballgame. Remember, they haven't played at Clemson since 2018, too. So those those people are hungry that was for that some game. Gamecock blood. <laughs> that yeah. was that game. Those fans are hungry for some of that Gamecock blood if they can get it. So it's up to the Gamecocks to prevent that. Starting this weekend. Be right back. All right, welcome back. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Tuesday night, Talking Tuesday, 888-898-2525 is the number. Got a lot to get to, and we'll get to it. Reminder of our poll question of the week, which I had to redo. I mean, it's the same question, but I had to retweet it. I mean, like, because for some reason, the initial one, I only put it in for like one day. So it stopped. As of today, or maybe it was two days. I didn't put it in for enough days. So if you follow me here, I had to redo the poll question. So and we'll add up the voting between the two. The question is, Spencer Rattler having the worst season of his college career statistically, expected to be a one-year guy, but the pros might not be interested enough. As a USC fan, would you be excited about Rattler returning in 2023? So now the redo of the question 244 votes as of this afternoon, 58.6% said yes, 41.4% said no. Now, and then you add that together with the initial question. We had 495 votes, 51.7% said no, 48.3% said yes. So we've had 495, we've had about 800 votes of course, I guess some people could vote twice now since they had to redo sure. the poll question, but we're not going to hold that against them. By the way, uh, Pat, you were at USC today. I know Cam Scott said that this might be his last game at Williams-Brice because, I mean, he can go out now. He can go to the draft. And somebody told me, did Jordan Birch also say, were you there for that? Did you hear Jordan Birch say anything about this might might be his last game at, at Williams-Brice? Third-year guy, so I guess he's eligible for the draft as well if he decides to move forward. I missed the Jordan Birch part. Okay. 
the he actually did say that though phil he did he, he hinted okay. at the fact that it could be his last game at williams bryce stadium it says he'll make that decision based on how the the season plays itself out now would that be hinting that he would be transferring or do we think he would get do we Who knows? think he would get drafted right now? Who knows? I think a lot of players at South Carolina will be expecting a lot of changes on the staff. I say a lot of changes. Some changes on the staff after this season. I mean, let's face it. Satterfield's contract is up, and uh, Greg Atkins' contract is up. I believe those two were in the final year of their contracts, and it's not going to shock anybody if Shane Beamer decides to go in a different direction with the offense, obviously. And Coach Atkins has been under the weather or hasn't been healthy, and so wouldn't be a shock if he had to go and hire a new offensive line coach. And and then you'll see what happens from there. He's got some tough decisions, got some tough decisions to make after the season when it comes to that. I know it's you brought these guys in and you brought them in because you liked them and you want to build something and have continuity and loyalty but you also have to look at what's going on with your program. And, I mean, right now there's only one phase of the Gamecock football team that's excelling on a game-by-game basis, and that's special teams. By the way, Pete Limbo was named today to the uh, Broyles list, one of the finalists for the Broyles Award as the uh, assistant coach of the year in, in college football. Also on that list, we have Skyler McGee, defensive line coach at Coastal Carolina. So we got two from the state on that list. All right, back to the phones. 888-898-2525. We go to um, Danny in Florence. Danny, welcome in. How are you? Uh, Phil, do you got any updates on the alleged uh, crimes of uh, that you and Alan's mother said that Coach K is going to be facing prison time yeah. and do yeah. going to vacate a national championship. You got any yeah. information on that? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. What is it? Uh, Coach K is facing uh, 10 years to life yeah. for his you, you alleged wait. crimes, and they've got to give back all their hardware. In fact, I think there's a truck pulling up to uh, Cameron Indoor right now to start collecting. Yeah, right. Come on, you know they cheated. Right. You well, know you can't compete is the problem. <laughs> I don't care. It's Duke basketball. It doesn't impact anybody around here. Okay. You brought it up tonight. Can you not tell when I'm joking? Well, I wasn't joking, but I mean, you know, was Duke not investigated for allegations regarding – Zion Williamson and did they not have well, did they not have a coach on on videotape or audio tape talking about money being delivered to the family and the family getting jobs and things like that? did that not happen or did I just dream that one night when I was taking some drugs? Uh, it happened because of a prisoner's book, a guy serving prison time. Are you saying prisoners can't tell the truth? <laughs> well, let's see what happens. Ain't nothing gonna happen. Yeah. We all know they ain't touching Duke. <laughs> They're going to put Prairie View A&M on probation again because of Duke. Come on. You know how that works in the NCAA. Duke Duke cheats, and, um, you know, uh, IUPUI gets put on three years probation. Okay. We'll see. I, I, just, I just never heard any more about it from y'all. Well, you had to ask. Yeah. 
Thank you. See ya. <laughs> Big Blue Devil fan there. Well, Dookie. first That's off, let's 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 be honest. Uh, Danny is a Duke basketball fan. There aren't mm-hmm. Blue Devil fans. Yeah, there are only Duke basketball fans. Mm-hmm. That school does not have fans. It has one sport that people follow, and then they pull for somebody else in football season. I guarantee, if you ask Danny who he pulls for in football season, it's either South Carolina or Clemson. Well, you, you know, it's a good point. They're having an excellent football season. You know how many fans they had for their game Saturday at Wallace Wade? Twenty thousand. Exactly. And my, I mean, that's not point. capacity. They can put 37,000 <laughs> in point. there. It's not exactly a, a big stadium, you know. Um, hey, maybe the Gamecocks will play Duke in the postseason, in a, in a bowl game. Danny would like that. Yes, sir. At the Duke's Mayo Bowl. They could do that. <laughs> do you want the Gamecocks to go back to the Mayo Bowl? Though that's not SEC. Is that an SEC tie-in anymore? I think that's a Big Ten ACC tie-in this year. I think the tie-ins changed there. Uh, let's go to um, Robbie. Also in Florence. Robbie, good to have you with us tonight on Sports Talk. How are you? Good. Uh, thank you, Phil. I'm great. Just want to let you know to start with, I'm a 21-year military veteran, retired. Thank you, sir. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, and I'm not afraid to admit I'm a huge Gamecock fan. Okay. And uh, last night when I was listening to the show, which I do every night, I just got tired of people bashing Carolina and the coaches and what if this and what if that, you know, until I cut the radio off and didn't listen to it anymore. Mm-hmm. Because as the old boss would coach would say, it is what it is. And in my opinion, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors with family, girlfriends, uh, Issues with, um, you know, play calling and that kind of stuff in practice. So, uh, I just, I just wish that everybody would uh, give the Gamecocks a chance because the naysayers always, oh, they're down, they're, they, they do this wrong, they do that wrong. And, but one other comment I have, and then I'm going to hang up and listen. Yes, sir. Is that we, we as Gamecocks, I looking at watching the game, just were so predictable that it seems like you run, you run, and you're getting third and long, and then you pass, and you either beg for pass interference or it's incomplete. And then I would say, in my opinion, that if it's not working, try something else. I'm not saying replace Rattler or do something else, but and you know maybe we're just not that good. So. I appreciate you taking my call, Phil. I'm going to hang up and cut the radio back up. Well, thank you for your service, and thank you for calling. Indeed. And please call again. Yes, we sir. Appreciate it very much. Can't say anything about what he said about, you know, the offense and the play calling and all that, Chris. I think he's spot on with what he what he witnessed. Now, you know, I will say this. Everybody's emotions when it comes to college football is week by week. When your team wins – uh, or if your team wins and plays well, or if it just wins, you feel one way. But mm-hmm. when they lose, and when they lose ugly, and they lose non-competitively, then you feel another way. It's the same thing with pundits. I mean, let's face it. We are in a reactionary business. You do well, we say nice things. You do poorly, we don't say nice things. 
I mean, that's just the way it is. Now, and is Brandon Streeter that much better a, an offensive coordinator and play caller this week than he was exactly. against Notre Dame? It all depends on what you did that week. So <laughs> exactly, the Gamecocks stunk at Florida, no doubt. Stunk. I, I mean, just stunk. Let's leave it at that. Now they might turn around and play a fantastic game against Tennessee. I can't see it based on what I saw last week, but you never know week to week what you're going to get. They might have a fantastic game. Tennessee might be off their game. They might fumble the great equalizer. The Eagles fumbled four times last night. What'd that do? Help them lose. They fumbled three Mm -hmm. times, I think, in the fourth quarter. So that equalizes things. Maybe the Gamecocks will get that kind of a night. They're going to need it. From a more talented team, they're going to have to make mistakes. But the Gamecocks cannot go out and turn it over, as they do, and they cannot go out and have – 23 penalties, well, they've had 23 penalties in the last two games, 12 and 11. They can't have double-figure penalties. I mean, that's you're shooting yourself when you turn it over and you have penalties. Thus, Chris, you have nobody to blame but yourself when you play that kind of football. Absolutely, and I think I would ask Gamecock fans, take a step back, and do you feel like the program is in a better spot right now, even coming off the Florida loss, than it was in year two of Will Muschamp? Keep in mind, Muschamp's second year, they won nine ball games. South Carolina's probably not winning nine games this year. That, that would mean they'd have to beat Tennessee Clemson and win the bowl game. Probably not going to happen. So that Muschamp team in 2017 had a better overall record than what Carolina's going to finish with this year. But do you feel like the program is on a better trajectory than you felt back in 2017 with the advantage of hindsight now when Muschamp was in charge? It's a good question. Every fan will have to answer that themselves, Pat. Yeah, and guys, just to go back to what you said a moment ago, Phil, let, let's not – I brought this up last night. Let's not uh, underestimate the importance of confidence and momentum in, in sports. Look at Clemson against Notre Dame. You all asked about whether Streeter was that much better or worse from one game to the next. Having a punt blocked on your opening possession return for a touchdown, immediately energizing the opposing crowd. Clemson was behind the eight ball from that point forward. They never seemed to get back straight the rest of the game. This past weekend, on the other hand, DJ had that long completion down the sideline on third and 15 on the opening drive. He then rushed for an 11-yard touchdown on the opening drive. They then had that confidence and momentum going forward. With the Gamecocks, last year against Tennessee, Tennessee scored 21 points in the first quarter, really just seemed to pull away and never was a game from there. Whereas uh, in South Carolina, Florida this past weekend, Florida scored on what? Four of their first five possessions of the ball game, and it just they just ran away with it. Whereas, go back to the South Carolina-Texas A&M game, when South Carolina was up 17-3 to after the first quarter, they were able to get an interception on the opening drive. They were, they were able to put together scores, and they had all the momentum and the confidence in that game. So it really is just how teams are able to get that initial confidence going throughout the game can really dictate the rest of the, rest of the ball game. Absolutely. The Gamecocks' slow starts, that's just murder. For them, that's just murder. They don't have the type of team that can come back from. Well, who can come back usually from 21, 24 down? And they, they certainly can. They, they fall into an early hole against Tennessee. And you know what Tennessee does, of course. They have maybe the fastest offense in the country. I mean, they are snapping the ball about every seven or eight seconds. So you fall behind. You try to catch up, that's, and you're three and out, and you're giving them the ball again, and they're going down and scoring again. It could get away in a hurry. That's why the Gamecocks got to play good football and see if they can keep it close and give themselves a chance. 
Saw nothing last Saturday that would lead me to believe they can, but you never know. Be right back. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Think big, life-changing, I'm talking education, inventive, next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at scattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. couple of quick notes for you. Get back to your phone calls. We have uh, Raymond Jennings announced today stepping down as the football coach at Darlington High School. Charlotte, the university, named Michigan's associate head coach, assistant head coach, uh, Biff Pogge. Biff Pogge. Pogge Pogge. He'll be the new head coach of the 49ers coming from Michigan. Uh, Dansby Swanson rejected the Braves qualifying offer, $9.65 million. So he goes free agent. They get a draft pick if he signs with another team. By the way, the Yankees and Anthony Rizzo agreeing on a multi-year contract. So good day in baseball for everybody. Rizzo is a Yankee for life. I like it. Well, not for life, but at least for a few more years. Going to save us a lot of runs over there at first base with that glove. And the state championship game between PD and uh, Flor- uh, PD and uh, uh, who are they playing? Florence Christian? No. who's Yes. Uh, okay. Florence Christian. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to read this tweet. So Florence Christian and PD uh, playing in the Skiza. Is that 1A? No, 3A. 3A. God, come on, Corn. 
3A championship. Uh, they've moved that game to West uh, West Florence High School? Correct. Okay. Why are they moving it? My guess is you've got two PD area teams, and they figured what's the use in us, uh, especially with gasoline prices the way they are right now, let's save some money and just play here in town. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Uh, They're a relatively neutral site. Yeah. Benedict Coach Chennis Berry is the SIAC Coach of the Year. And Benedict, I would hope so. Benedict had 10 players on the all-conference team, four on the first team, six on the second team. Also, Eric Phoenix, their quarterback, was named the HBCU National Player of the Week. Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson, Grayson, yeah, Grayson, Grayson McCall. Is uh, I'm always like we this. Forget. Well, no, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got fried brain after driving to Clemson and back in three hours with a little bit of a break. Uh, he's a Davy O'Brien Award semifinalist, uh, Grayson McCall. I don't think we have anybody else from the state to make the list. I haven't looked, but my guess is we don't. Uh, It'll be hard for him to win that, too, missing the last three games, perhaps longer, at the end of the season. Uh, one more note on that uh, Broyles Award, which I typed as Boyles. <laughs> the Boyles Award. <laughs> Anyway, nobody uh, wants the Boyle Award. <laughs> Boyle's Award. <laughs> also on that list, Spring Valley graduate and UCF defensive coordinator Travis Williams and former Citadel coach and Wake Forest wide receiver coach Kevin Higgins. Also on that list. So, got to go back and fix that. Let's go to uh, the phones once again. It's a lot safer. Uh, Tar Hizzle in the PD. Strong in the PD tonight. Tar Hizzle, good to have you with us. How are you? Hey, guys, how's it going, man? You know, I, I was a little late last night getting in, but, you know, you know, outsider looking in, and it's, it's frustrating to me. Obviously, I, I'm, I live in South Carolina, so I want to see things do well here in South Carolina. But the things that frustrate me there is, number one, every, every once in a while your defense is going to have a bad night or your offense is going to have a bad night, and one or the other has got to pick them up and help them win or help them get through a bad game like this Florida game for South Carolina. That offense hasn't picked nobody up all year long, and and I'm afraid that that Beamer's about to make the same mistake that Muschamp did, in the fact that how often, how much do you got to see Rattler in that offense and the offense itself, injuries or not, to know maybe I can make a change or maybe I should make a change, and you know that they they threw that question out to him, and he said he didn't, you know, kind of threw the red shirt out there on people don't it's win now. You know, put them out there and you win that game and you get your seventh win and it, and it propels you for next year. But I, I'm afraid he's going down that, that, that rabbit hole that if you don't make changes now, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's win now. That's the mentality we all got. That's the mentality college football is. And, and, and you got to do something. And it's very similar to, to my Tar Heels. Thank God we got Drake May and that offense hasn't underperformed really all year long because – the defense has underperformed the whole year. So, you know, Chizik's got to do something there and change it up. Let's have, if you're going to burn us and score 60 points or, or score 30 points on us, I'd rather see like that weight game where they're just running it down our field and we're blitzing every time than to see us get back in cover two or cover four or cover three and then just pick us apart all the way down the field and burn seven minutes from our offense getting back on. So, I mean, I just hope Beamer realizes that Put somebody in. Do so, Anything's better than what you had offensively this year. And all I'm going to say is this, and I've, I've preached it all year. The best offensive performance I saw was Joyner in that bowl game 
and you haven't went back to him yet, other than he has got a little spotty play here and there. But if that's the best offense you've thrown, just put him back out there. Yeah. Maybe he's not a five-star, but if he helps you win football games, well, what does it matter? The best quarterback in North Carolina prior to what we got was Darian Durant from Wilson High School, and he's 5'11", not a prototypical, but he won football games at Chapel Hill. Let me just throw this at you, and thank you for the phone call. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but guys, everybody, you know, I know, we all know, South Carolina, Clemson, they want to win. And coaches are going to play their best players. You had people belly aching at Clemson, play Klubnik, bench Uyangale. It's time to play Klubnik. Well, I got to believe that Dabo Sweeney, Brandon Streeter, believe wholeheartedly, 100%, that DJ Uyangale is their best quarterback, game in, game out, and gives them the best chance to win. Similarly, I got to believe that Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield believe that Spencer Rattler gives them the best chance to win game in and game out. If Why wouldn't you play someone better if you thought you had someone better if you want to win games and keep your, you know, keep your job? Um, they're not going to play a player over somebody else who's a better player if they want to win games. Unless for some reason, you know, there's some political reason behind, you know, their politics will enter things. I can't believe that would be the case. I mean, did they did they promise Spencer Rattler to get him to come to South Carolina? You will start every game regardless of how well you play, regardless of what the offense looks like. We will never take you out. We will never start somebody else. I can't believe they would do that. Beamer talks repeatedly, Chris, about competition, competition, competition. I got to believe that in their minds, they believe he's the best quarterback. And I, that may very well be the case, but it seems like competition stops at the quarterback position, Phil. And I hear what Tar Hizzle's saying, and I can't necessarily disagree with him. You use the uh, DJ Oyangale example. He's 9-1 as a starter this year. Spencer Rattler 6-3, and three, and they've looked bad in the three losses that they have. Those are the games I think Gamecock fans are most upset about, the games against really good competition. They've just not been competitive, and part of the problem, the majority of the problem, has been the offense. Yeah. Though I don't give the defense a pass after what I saw last week against Florida. <laughs> that was awful, too. All right, thank you, Tar Hizzle. Got to hit a break. We'll continue with your phone calls, and we got comments from the coaches coming up. <laughs> Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, they're underway at Little John. It's 7-2 Clemson over Upstate. About four minutes in, and Hunter has five points for the Tigers, and Galloway has the other two. No P.J. Hall in the Tigers' starting lineup tonight. I'm assuming that he's healthy and good to go after playing against the Gamecocks and, and playing very well, playing over 20 yes, minutes. He but he's I not just in hope there he didn't re uh, Phil, his, his foot injury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Auburn off to a 10-2 lead on Winthrop. Over there at the Auburn uh, Arena. Whatever they call it now. I think they've changed the name. It was the Auburn Arena. I think it's something else now. Um, okay. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. We continue 
with your phone calls for now. As we go to um, the Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry. Let's get to Gamecock Larry before he uh, has hit the rack tonight. Gamecock Larry, how are you? I've been in the rack since 4.15, Phil. I'm an old man. Oh, man. That's but, lucky. Uh, I, I wanted to take but, a nap this afternoon, too, Larry. Couldn't get to it. I, I ain't getting up till in the morning. But, uh... I'm 88 years old, 88-year fan, Gamecock, all through and through. And I'm like that gentleman called from Florence. I am sick. I wasn't going to call in tonight, but I heard you guys and everybody making fun of the Gamecock. Yes, sir, I was disappointed. I was mad. But Florida's in the past. But I guarantee you one thing. You everybody said, oh, the game cost going to be run out of town. They're going to lose 60. They're going to put 60 on them. Mm. But let me tell you something. I guarantee you when Tennessee gets down here Saturday night, they will not leave here in the top four in the uh, five in the nation. We are, I'm not saying we're going to win, but I'll guarantee we're going to cover the spread. I don't care how big or how small they get, we will cover the spread. And it ain't going to be near as bad as they say they are. And then I heard you making predictions about Clemson. Somebody yeah. said, yeah, I guarantee you, we're going to beat Clemson. And if you want to know the score, I'll give it to you now. But I was going to wait till no, Clemson no. week. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. Who uh, knows where we are next I, week? I'll give it to you now. We're going to whip Clemson 31-17. to 31-17. We're going to whip Clemson 31-17. And another gentleman called Bastion Beamer, you leave my coach alone. This is his second year. He's a young man. He will take care of business. I think we've been sabotaged, or whatever you want to call it, handicapped, with this offensive coordinator and a few other coaches we got on the staff. But we're going to be all right. But I guarantee you, it, we... Remember what old game called say? Are you laughing now? All you guys laughing and making all these big what they gonna do to the game cops. All you guys go ahead and laugh. Remember, he who laughs last laughs best. And I'll be laughing when the season's over. Go Gamecocks. Nice talking to you. Bill, I'm all of y'all. Go Gamecocks. <laughs> all right, Larry. <laughs> Larry took a – he took an overdose of his Geritol tonight. 31-17. He likes the Gamecocks, so that's good. That's the first prediction. We need some Gamecock predictions to kind of balance it out. We've had uh, four for the Tigers, including one online, 70-28, to where all 28 points are scored on special teams. And now Gamecocks have one in their favor, 31-17. Appreciate that, Gamecock. Larry, we go to um, Bruce in Missouri. Hey, Bruce, welcome into Sports Talk. Hey, Phil, I appreciate you taking my call tonight. Yes, sir. um, Just uh, don't want you to forget about the ultimate uh, shifters uh, in the uh, 
game of college football or basketball or whatever sports you want to talk about, but you forgot about North Carolina's little scheme of 20 years of African-American curriculum, and they got called on, under it, and they were about ready to shut down the whole university because of that uh, little scam they were playing. But uh, I think Fauci came in here and uh, saved the day for the gain, his gain-of-function research they did there for him. So don't leave out North Carolina and pick on little I, I hadn't heard the Fauci angle to that. <laughs> I had not heard the – Chris, have you heard the Fauci angle to the North That's Carolina thing? That's a first thing? for me, too. Yeah, yeah. heard that. That's a no. first for me. Well, yeah. the, guy, the guy that was over the research for the gain-of-function was the, the uh, head of the research in uh, biomedicine at uh, North Carolina. And he went to that to uh, – he also went to uh, China to help set up that lab hmm. for Fauci. Well, as far as North Carolina being guilty of academic fraud and all that, absolutely. They should have been hammered by the NCAA when it comes to well, ineligible well, players and they- all that. But they NCAA and uh, they they eventually said uh, it was the well, – who was it? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think it was Greg Sankey was the chairman of the infractions committee, the SEC commissioner. If my memory is right. Sometimes it is, sometimes it, uh, it isn't. I think Greg Sankey was the chair of the infractions committee. They came out and said um, that wasn't something under their authority to rule on <laughs> acad- yeah, to a- academic fraud and, and all of that. So, but, and, but and North Carolina hid behind, you know, they tried to hide, well, they did hide behind the, uh, the, their, their explanation that the classes were open to everybody on campus, not just to the athletes. Um, but there was so much reporting on that by the Greensboro papers and the Raleigh papers and all that who had who had interviews and detailed information about corruption and grades being given and tests being done for people and just papers being written for athletes over and, and former athletes coming out and saying it themselves. Remember the yeah. former basketball player who was ostracized by the Tar Heel family because he came out and said – he basically waltzed through academically at North Carolina <laughs> during all this. Yeah. And we're not making it up, but the end, they didn't do a damn thing to him. Like I'm saying, right. they, 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 they're one of the sacred sacred cows of the NCAA. They got yeah. a few of them. Well, you got to understand, too, that they were talking about taking away uh, the accreditation of the University of North Carolina because of that. Sure did. Sure did. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened? Blown in the wind. Not a damn, not a damn thing done to him. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. Just a quick note here, uh, especially Chris pointing out, hoping that PJ Hall had not further injured himself. He has now checked into the game, so he is yeah. playing. He checked in at about the exact same time point that he did Friday night, right at the 15, 15 minute mark of the first half. Well, I think they're still trying to nurse him back with it. And I mentioned foot injury, actually, the uh, patella injury that he had last year. And, you know, give him 20 minutes. I, I think he actually played a little bit more against the Gamecocks and probably adrenaline factored into that than Brad Brownell would have liked. Your hope is you don't need him more than 20 minutes tonight against Upstate, but it's only a 10-6 ball game right now with 14 minutes left to go first half. So they may need him longer than they had hoped. All right, let's go to Chris in Lancaster. Next caller here on Sports Talk. Chris, good to have you on Sports Talk. Welcome in, sir. Oh, thank you, guys. I uh, just want you guys to know uh, 
Love listening to your show. Best talk show in the country, bar none. Well, thank you. Um, just a quick comment and and, and uh, about Clint. I'm, I'm a huge Tigers fan, but uh, it, I believe I love Clubnick. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for us. But why are we not playing Hunter Johnson? He's already proven. He's a he was a starter at Northwestern when he transferred. Um, he's has playing experience. I, I've I've been kind of baffled by that, but uh, and I can give you a, a score prediction for Clemson and Carolina if you if you want it. Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be around the forty-five tennis range of Clemson. Forty-five ten Tigers. Yes. All right, sir. Thank you very much, Hunter Johnson. Um, he wasn't brought into play. I mean, he's he's a shell of what he was coming out of high school. He actually, obviously, was overrated coming out of high school. I mean, based on what he did in, in college, he didn't do. I mean, he went to Northwestern. I think he might have had a year at Northwestern where he threw for some yards. But you know, those guys were <clears throat> Hunter Johnson, Halinski. Uh, so overrated as quarterbacks as far as people thinking they were going to come in and be program changers and program saviors. They just weren't. Now, Helensky had, when he was forced into action at South Carolina, after Bentley got hurt, he did have some good moments. You know, he did have some good moments. Um, maybe if he had stayed at South Carolina, he, he might have developed. But, you know, he chose to move on to Northwestern, and I think he kind of puzzled around there at, at Northwestern, I don't know his numbers off the top of my head. I can look them up. But, again, I mean, those those guys did not turn out to be what was expected of them coming out of high school. No, they, they won't go to – I mean, Hunter Johnson's the emergency, emergency quarterback. You know, if something happens to Uyangale, something happens to Klubnik, uh, would they go to him or would they go to Helms uh, next? You know, I don't know which one they'd go to next. One of those two. So – Thank you for your phone call. Appreciate it very much. 888-898-2525. Appalachian State is beating Louisville 42-31 to in Louisville. I'll That's, tell you what. The Cardinals are stinkers. <laughs> a mess. Stinkers. Uh, 17-8 Auburn over Winthrop. Kentucky leading Michigan State early uh, 8-4. to How about um, that win by College of Charleston last night over a good Richmond team? Trailed early in that game, too, and battled all the way back and got the win, I think, in overtime last night. It was outstanding. And one thing about Appalachian State, and I think you'll see this, especially early in the year, Phil, with mid-majors playing high-major teams, you've got all these guys, and I haven't looked at Appalachian's roster, but my guess is um, they've got some guys who have transferred into the program. I think that's where, and, and as much as it has helped and changed the landscape of college football, I'm not sure it's had a greater impact than it has in college basketball. So the, I don't know how these games are considered as big upsets as they would have been 10 years ago because I think the landscape has changed so much mm-hmm. where you know a team like Appalachian State should not be that big an underdog going into Louisville. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, you can get healthy in a hurry in the mm-hmm. transfer portal. All right, so Ryan Helinski's best year of his career was his freshman year at South Carolina. He passed for 2,357 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five interceptions, completing 58%. That wasn't too bad. And then no. in 2020, the COVID year, he only played in two games and only threw six passes. So, 
Now, what happened? Who was was that Luke Doty starting in 2020? I, you know, my memory is like I can't remember yesterday. Who was a starting quarterback for the Gamecocks in 2020? Was that was that Doty in 2020? Wow. No, 2020. Because last year they had a variety of quarterbacks. Right. Um, that would have been. Would have been Helensky, wouldn't it? Well, it, he he played in only two games in 2020. He only threw six passes. Um, that would be Colin Hill. Oh, there Colin Hill. That's Forgot right. about yep. him. Yeah, exactly Colin Hill. Right. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. And then at Northwestern in 21, he threw for 978 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions. I don't think he was a starter. And then this year, in eight games, uh, he has thrown for 1644 yards and six touchdowns and seven interceptions <clears throat> on a bad football team, completing 55.8% of his passes. So, like I said, um, unfortunately for him, hasn't lived up to the hype. Uh, is that his fault? He didn't. Well, I guess maybe he did, he did want to be a five-star. They all want to be five-stars. But, you know, there's a lot of them. I'm not going to say very few, but there's a lot of them who are miscast based sure. on their rankings for sure i just right. wonder how much his brother's suicide has played into the factor you know that there was a lot of talk as to whether or not it may have been attributed to a cte i'm just curious how much he wants to play football and maybe that's affected his career i don't know i'm just well, speculating he, because you're happened, right coming out of that happened when school. he was in high school so mm-hmm. he could have given it up then you know but he's continued his career he could have given it up anytime sure but he's continued to to move on uh, all right, we got to hit the break here on Sports Talk, and we will continue on the other side. Phone number 888 898 15-9, Clemson over Upstate. Hunter has six for the Tigers. Galloway has four. P.J. Hall is in the game now. He has uh, one bucket. Tigers are shooting 38%. Spartans are shooting 23%. Hit the break. Be back in a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. 
But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Listen up, one and all. Time for recruiting here on Sports Talk. Brought to you by Sea Wells. What a great time to get over to Sea Wells. This wintry weather, this cold, blustery winter we're dealing with. Snow piling up. <laughs> uh, you know, I you don't, are the it, softest it, person I have ever met. It was freezing out there today. <laughs> it's cold as get outs. But anyway, a great place to warm the cockles of your heart would be Sea Wells for a great lunch. Sea Wells, best luncheon buffet in America. No question about it. It's only $13. They have not inflated. They have not inflated their prices. What they have inflated is the food on your plate because they give you a ton of food on your plate at Sea Wells every day for the daily luncheon buffet. Do we know what's on the menu tomorrow, Pat? Oh, we do, and I will be there with bells on. It is a, quite a mix here. Chicken fettuccine Alfredo along with southern fried chicken, and then my new favorite, the fried steak bites with white gravy. Ooh. That is that is quite a trio there. And then, of course, you have salad bar, all the sides you can handle, and then banana pudding for dessert. Banana pudding. I just call it nana. Nana pudding. And, of course, the very best in the catering business as well. All of that that you see on the buffet, all of that, you, you know, they can – provide you whatever you want for your uh, your catering needs. So you just work with Sea Wells. They work with you. They make it happen. They make it happen right. 1125 Rosewood Drive, 803-771-7385. The number. Clemson targets, two of them, are going to be announcing Sunday, Monday, 24 cornerback Tavoy Fagan of Tampa will go on Sunday, 4 o'clock, Clemson, Miami, Alabama, Florida State, LSU. He was at Clemson October 1st. He's also been to Florida State in Miami. He's headed back to Florida State Saturday prior to his announcement Sunday. And Parker, oh, didn't mention his first name. 2023 defensive end to Marion Parker, Phoenix City, Alabama. 9 o'clock on Monday morning. A final list of Clemson, Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia. Said Monday night he has made his decision. He's notified the head coach and the position coach, his defensive line coach, at the school. And he said he built a great relationship with the school. His family did the same. He's got a great relationship with the coaches. And it's been like that from the very beginning. And he said the school he chose needs guys at his position right away. So he thinks he'll have a chance. He works hard. He'll have a chance to play early. And they run a defense similar to his easy transition for him. He's a former Penn State commitment, and he took official visits to Penn State last summer and to Clemson in October. He also was at Clemson for the Furman game. He'll be back Saturday for the Miami game. Also been to games at Tennessee and Texas A&M. He estimated he has visited Tennessee six times. Again, his announcement is at 9 a.m. Eastern time 
He'll sign in December. 2024 athlete Jalewis Solomon, 6'1", 185, Ellaville, Georgia, plans to be at USC on Saturday for their game against uh, Tennessee. In uh, women's basketball recruiting, a major USC target, Judea Juju Watkins out of Los Angeles, uh, committed to Southern Cal. And there you go with recruiting. I guess Don Staley can't get them all. There you go with recruiting here on Sports Talk, brought to you by Seawells. Think she got confused by the USC? Maybe you, you thought she was you committing think maybe to maybe she uh, was Don thinking Staley. she was committing to the Gamecocks. <laughs> well, there's only one true USC, and that's right. South Carolina Gamecocks. We all know that. Okay, um, let's continue with the calls here for the next couple of minutes. Then we'll get to the coaches. So we go to David in Orangeburg. Hey, David, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hope you you guys are doing well. Yes, sir. Um, to answer the question, I think that the success was building, but I think the indecisiveness and not making a change, uh, I think that's stalled all the momentum that he's had. And I'm thinking, I think it's, it's to the point where it's fracturing the team and the fan base. Um the way they handle the injuries, I mean, if they say that, well, he's improving, um, it kind of comes to mean, well, they've reattached the limb, but he's not going to play. Hmm. Um, but um, the other thing I wanted to mention was you were talking about uh, trying other guys out. I've seen athletes that didn't practice well but went to another level when the lights were on. By the same token, I've seen – I've seen guys that practice great, and then they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't do the same when the lights are on. But um, you never know till you put them in that situation. You got to play. You got to put your game plan with the strengths that you've got, not force what you got into something that uh, is plainly not working. Thank you all so much for what you do. And have a good evening. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Let's go uh, real quick before the break, see if we can get Billy in Charleston on. Billy, you got 60 seconds. Let her rip. Okay, so I got a comment. and I've got a question I want to make towards um, what Shane Beamer made over the weekend about the team as a whole. And to me, being a coach, after the way they got their butts kicked Saturday, how is it that a coach can say that they're proud of the effort and the way they fought when they got their butts kicked and you turn the ball over three or four times in the second half and give it 21 points and just get your butts kicked up and down the field? I don't see how you can be a coach and give that kind of thing and you're proud of your team regardless. Of that. To me, that just sets off a bad situation for the team as a whole. Yeah. Saying, okay, guys. Okay, guys. Y'all, y'all, don't, y'all just got your butts kicked, but good effort. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, we got got to run. Um, It's his approach. His approach is constant positivity. Uh, Even in the face of the facts that things aren't positive. But he is a constant positive guy and tries to build up his players. I think it's part of the culture he's trying to build at South Carolina. You hear him, and you'll hear him coming up. You hear him firing back at people who want to talk negative, negative, negative. And he's trying to build the positive no matter what. That's coming up.
All right, time to hear from coaches. We begin with Shane Beamer. Now, when he began his press conference today, first thing he did was bring up <clears throat> comments he made after the Vanderbilt game that apparently upset some Gamecock fans <clears throat> somewhere, somehow, maybe social media, whatever. They've been reacting to it. Let's go back to two weeks ago in Nashville after the Gamecocks beat Vanderbilt. Here are the comments that Beamer was referring to at the start of his presser today. I can imagine, I'm sure, August of 2021 when Luke Doty got hurt and I came into that thing and talked about it's not all doom and gloom. I don't know, but I'd be willing to bet anything when when a silent or a vocal minority of, of our fan base saw that Marshawn wasn't playing tonight. I'm sure it was doom and gloom and, and all that as well. And we got to get up. We got to get past that as a fan base, man. I mean, find some joy. And it was ugly last week, but we got some great kids that are fighting their butts off, and they've accomplished a lot of firsts this year. Beating Kentucky up in Lexington for the first time in forever. Beating Texas A&M literally for the first time ever. Uh, winning two SEC road games for the first time, I don't know, in a while and then being able to get bowl eligible with three games to go. I really wanted to do it last week because it would have been the earliest we'd been bowl eligible in a long time but in the, in the season. But we continue to accomplish a lot of firsts. We're continuing to build and, and get this program better each and every day. And uh, I appreciate the, 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 the great Gamecocks that you know, continue to support this team. And, and you saw it out there tonight, man. we got a bunch of Garnet and Black and they're going to have a hell of a time in Nashville tonight. And they, they deserve it as well. So I hope they have a, I hope they have a heck, of, heck of a time down on Broadway, 2nd Avenue, whatever it is, because they, they deserve it. All right, that's Shane Beamer from after the Vanderbilt game. So some of what he said there apparently ticked off enough people to where somebody got back to him to say that he needed to say something to those people. So here he is after he talked about the Virginia situation and offered up his thoughts on that. Then he turned his attention to this. Somehow this has become like a a narrative. So I want to go back like two or three weeks to after the Vanderbilt game, because I believe there's a misconception that I called out our fan base for criticism, which could not have been further from the truth. For those of you that were in the room that night, listen to the soundbite. And I said that there was a small portion of the fan base that when they found out that Marshawn Lloyd was not playing in the Vanderbilt game, probably thought that it was over, that we didn't have a chance to beat Vanderbilt. And I said it's the same group or same mentality that when Luke Doty got hurt in August of last year, that so many people thought our season was going to go in the toilet after that. And I said that we have to get past that as a fan base and find some joy. I did not say that I'm not subject to criticism. I am certainly open to criticism. I'm a head football coach, and I'm the leader of this program. So fire the criticism at me because certainly I uh, um, can take it. I grew up the son of a head football coach. I understand what this chair entails. I dealt with criticism of my father growing up. I've dealt with criticism as an assistant coach, and now I've, uh, as a head coach, you deal with criticism. So I get it. That's part of the job. And by no means was I not was I calling out our fan base. There's an old adage, if you don't know it, look it up, called Murphy's Law, that if something bad is going to happen, it's going to happen. And I've been hearing about that ever since I was an assistant coach here at South Carolina, about curses and things like that. There's no dang curse, all right? And my mess of what I was trying to say that night in Nashville was that we need to get past the negative mindset of just waiting for something bad to always happen here and that something bad is right around the corner. 
Uh, and that's when I use the expression, find some joy. So I get it. With the way we played against Florida the other night, there wasn't a lot of joy in that, nor do I expect people to find a lot of joy in that. But I also am not going to be on an emotional roller coaster every single week as a head football coach and the leader of this football program either. And I'm going to try and find the positives in everything. And when uh, we have an injury, whether it be to Marshawn Lloyd against Vanderbilt or Luke Doty last year in preseason camp or Jordan Strawn and Bo Caba against Arkansas this year or Cam Smith who missed games because of an injury or who, CBS or whoever it might be, um, it's the next man up mentality and not, oh my God, what are we going to do right now because this guy's missing. So that's the message I was trying to make that, that night in Nashville. Hopefully you guys that were in that room realize that because uh, apparently it's taken on this whole other narrative that Shane is criticizing the greatest fans in America, which is not the case. So anyway, enough of that. We've got a heck of an opportunity on Saturday night in uh, Columbia, uh, back in Williams-Brice Stadium, uh, our Salute the Troops game. Uh, I want to thank them so much for their uh, service to our country and the things that our military does to allow me to be able to coach and do the things that I love to do, our players to be able to do what they love, you guys to be able to do what you love and as well. So I'm so grateful uh, for our uh, military and all they do for our amazing country. Uh, another sold-out environment in, in Williams-Brice Stadium. Again, thank you to our fans for selling out every single Saturday game this year, not just SEC games, but non-conference as well. That's fantastic. Uh, it's going to be electric in there Saturday night. I would hope that our fans would be there early for the for the uh, the walk when our players arrive from the hotel. Uh, we need to make that electric and rocking. I know it's going to be on Saturday night. We need to we need our crowd to be the 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 factor and have the impact on Saturday night, just like they did against Texas A&M. And we need to be even better. I told our players today, we've been talking about it, we need more from everyone in our program. And we're, we're, gonna, we're trying to do that from a football standpoint, players and coaches and staff. And we need more from everyone in Williams-Brice Stadium this Saturday night also. It's the last opportunity to be in there together. And uh, it's going to be special. Uh, I would hope our fans would be in the seats early to honor a really, really special group of seniors that uh, not everyone has been here for four, five, six years, but a lot of them have, and they've been through two head coaches, and, and they went from uh, their sophomore year, for the most part, winning two games to now as juniors and seniors or seniors and super seniors getting to go to bowl or back-to-back -back bowl games with an opportunity to be even better than what they were last year. Uh, very proud of them and, and honored to be their coach, and they certainly deserve every recognition that they get on Saturday night. So I'll uh, hope and I know our fans don't take them for granted and I hope our fans will be in there early to recognize those guys before the game also going to be everything that's right about college football you know the number one broadcast crew for ABC ESPN with Kirk Herbstreet Chris Fowler and Holly Rowe coming uh, is a fantastic opportunity SEC Nation being here all weekend, Paul Feinbaum broadcasting live on the Horseshoe, I think, on for Horseshoe, right, on Friday afternoon, uh, live, and, and all of their stars here on Saturday morning as well. We've got a bunch of recruits that are going to be at the game. We've got some young men that will be here on their official visits that will be a part of going to watch the Feinbaum show Friday and SEC Nation on Saturday. So I hope our uh, students and fan base would pack out um, pack out the horseshoe as well and and get this weekend started right so and then obviously we've got a heck of a challenge once the game kicks off on saturday night in williams bryce a uh, really 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 good team that's playing well not just on offense but all three phases 
special teams play really, really hard. They're explosive. They got dynamic returners in the return game uh, that we've got to do a great job against defensively. Uh, you look at everything statistically in our league, they're right up near the top in all of it. They're playing really well. They're disruptive. Um, up front, they're really, really talented and athletic and instinctive at linebacker. Their secondary has depth and, and plays really, really hard and physical. And then, you know, offensively speaks for itself uh, what a great player Hendon Hooker is. I remember watching him in high school. I was at Georgia. We were trying to recruit another young man from Greensboro. And I remember being up there on a Friday night watching uh, that young man play. And he was playing against Hendon's team. And just remember watching him that night and just how talented he was as a quarterback as an alumnus of Virginia Tech, I'm still trying to figure out how the heck he got out of Blacksburg when he was their starting quarterback there um, and ended up at Tennessee. So for selfish reasons as an alumni or an alumnus of Tech and the head coach of South Carolina, um, wish he was still in Blacksburg uh, for sure. But uh, what it sounds like a special young man and, and he's playing at a really, really high level, really good offensive line. A lot of talk about their receivers, and rightfully so, but they want to run the football. This is a physical football team, and uh, and then a veteran group too. I mean, look at it. Every single starter they have on offense and defense is either a junior or a senior. I don't know the last time I saw that. I'm, I, maybe I've maybe it's happened this year, and I just wasn't paying attention. But um, most teams that we play, I mean, have freshmen and sophomores sprinkled in there. This is a group that every starter on offense and. Every starter on defense is a junior or a senior. So when you talk about veteran group, these guys are. They've played a lot of football, and it shows, and they're playing at a really, really high level. Uh, our guys are excited about the challenge and going to take a great week of practice to go out there and play well on Saturday night. All right, Shane Beamer never took a breath through that whole uh, spiel. All of it is on our website, sportstalksc.com, if you want to go back and listen to it later on. So you heard the beginning of it what he said at Vandy, and then what he explained today. I see no harm, no foul there. I mean, he wants to be positive. He's tired of the negativity. Even when you lose, you make it a positive. That's what he's trying to do with the Gamecocks. Speaking of Mr. Positive, Dabo Sweeney coming up. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at SCCattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, hunting is very popular across the state of South Carolina, Major Downer. What things should our hunters be thinking about before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. 
whether it's turkey season or deer season, hunters always need to be aware of the target. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Right, let's get to Dabo Sweeney for a few minutes. We do want to bring you some of this Tony Elliott as well from late this afternoon in Charlottesville. But here is Dabo Sweeney setting the stage for his team's game with Miami coming up Saturday. Another great opportunity for us this week. It's always a big week. Uh, you know, and again, proud of our team coming off a, a really good win, a good bounce back. And then um, uh, senior day this week, that's always a, a special time. Uh, to really kind of take some time to specifically honor our seniors. I mean, these guys have invested a lot of time in the program. Uh, it's a lot, I mean, that you, that you go through here. You know, some guys graduate in three years. Some guys graduate in five. Some guys get two degrees. Uh, you know, there's a lot that, that these guys go through. Um, and it takes a lot of commitment to, to be able to, uh, you know, finish uh, in our program. And, uh, in all areas. So it's always a, a fun week to really just kind of take some time and let the players uh, on the team express what they appreciate about these seniors. And, and, uh, and then, you know, we'll take a little time on Friday as a group. Uh, it's always a special week for the parents as well. Um, but, uh, you know, be a great, be a great, uh, great day to honor these guys uh, in the Valley. And then, South Carolina game, <clears throat> we just, you know, we let them come down as a group. So it's a fun day and uh, looking forward to that. A lot of opportunity this week uh, for us and our football team, you know, as we try to, again, stay on track and got another big challenge. You know, Miami's coming off a really good win uh, against Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, there's a lot of unknowns with Miami, you know, when you, when you really study them and you try to get ready. I mean, they've played three quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, they're all a little different. Uh, got good running backs. They'll probably get 21 back this week. He's, he's their leading rusher. But, uh, you know, Four's a really good player in 22 as well. Uh, they're long on the edge. Uh, you know, a couple big receivers. Obviously, Frank Ladson, big-bodied receiver that we know that can really run. Uh, 88's another guy. They've involved their tight ends well. Uh, last week went to a different quarterback. And, you know, it was a lot of quarterback run. Uh, and some RPO stuff and some screen game uh, built into it. So, you know, just, again, a lot of unknowns uh, as, we, as we get ready for this team. And then over on the defensive side, I mean, this is a fast, athletic group. Um, when you think of Miami, that's kind of what you think of. Uh, they're, they're aggressive. Uh, they'll, they'll, they're multiple with their coverages as far as, you know, uh, zone and man. But uh, they're mostly a four down front. And uh, that's kind of what they lean on is those guys up front, big, strong dudes, uh, long guys. Again, they're athletic and can run. And, uh, you know, some, some really, really good experience uh, with some returning starters and guys that have played a lot of football in that secondary. So, uh, you know, we got we to gotta play well. They lead the nation in kickoff return. Uh, so there's a little bit in every phase uh, that uh, you got to deal with with this, this group. And, 
So, you know, new coach, uh, they're, they're kind of, you know, been, been working their way back. And uh, I think, you know, anytime you're coming off a win, you got a lot of confidence. Uh, so going to need a great crowd again. I thought our crowd was a, a big difference for us last week. Uh, so need another great crowd, great energy. And, um, you know, for us, we just we, we got to play our best game. That's just our mindset. We want to have a great finish. And, you know, the fourth quarter started for us last week, and we got off to a good start. Uh, man, we want momentum and a great finish in the fourth quarter into the, into the postseason. Uh, so just looking to clean up some mistakes, you know, obviously better ball security and, uh, you know, just cut down in, on a couple of the big plays that we gave up on some, some just guys not doing their job, uh, whether it be, you know, playing your gap or spilling it when you're supposed to spill it, um, you know, or just covering your guy uh, with your eyes on your guy. So a lot of things we can do better and, and uh, looking forward to another opportunity this week. All right, Dabo Sweeney from today. All of it is on our website, sportstalksc.com. Now, late this afternoon, after being at the hospital, Tony Elliott, Virginia head football coach, met with the media to update the media in Charlottesville about what's going on with his football team right now. Let's take a listen to a few minutes of that. You know, I would echo uh, a lot of the, the comments that Ms. Carla just, just made. Uh, extremely traumatic and um, hard time uh, for our team, our program, our institution, our community. And uh, just grateful to all of those who have reached out in support uh, at all levels. Um, just uh, my heart's hurting right now for, again, our university, our community, uh, the team, the players, their families, uh, the young men whose families have been impacted the most. Uh, that's where my thoughts are uh, at this time. Uh, trying to provide all the resources and support uh, that I possibly can. Um, you know, I, I have to acknowledge the strength of our of our players and our staff at this time in coming together uh, to be able to uh, work to process what is uh, what is taking place. Um, just like many of you all and, and many of those that are very close to the situation, still in shock, uh, trying to rationalize uh, but also find encouragement in in the community with those that have come out and support and then also those internally who have uh, banded together to uh, to try and figure out you know how we move forward um, after going through a, a situation like this so um, again just heartfelt sympathies go out to you know the players their families their communities you know I think beyond uh, just our communities, but communities in other states um, have been impacted uh, by by the loss of, of three uh, beautiful uh, young human beings that had a uh, unbelievable future ahead of them. Um, but the message to the team is we're going to celebrate those lives going forward and the impact uh, that they've made thus far and the legacy uh, that they're going to be a part of of helping us establish going forward. As a reminder, as I said initially, there is an ongoing criminal investigation, so some matters we will not be able to answer or address. I'm going to kind of work my way back and apologize for uh, stepping in front of the cameras at some point. If you can identify yourself and your news organization with your uh, first question and also who your question is directed to, we'd appreciate it. I'll start with Preston. Yeah, Tony, if you could just kind of describe the past 24-plus hours just with the team and kind of how you all have approached this past day 
Yeah, it feels like it's a nightmare, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm ready for somebody to pinch me and, and wake me up and, uh, and say that this didn't happen. Um, you know, it's been a long, I don't even know how long it's been since it happened. It's been, it's been an, you know, and the minutes can't go by fast enough. Uh, the approach with the, with the team is, you know, once we were given the clear to communicate, um, we immediately got the team together and just started the process of, of grieving together and fellowshipping and trying to make sure that uh, nobody was, was isolated, that everybody was together, uh, pooled uh, all the resources that we could from a counseling standpoint to give these young men the support uh, that they need. Um, the, first, the first meeting was really, really tough. You know, really, really, really tough. Today was much better. You know, we were able to transition from the pain to finding a little bit of joy in celebrating the lives of, of Lavelle, uh, Deshaun, and Devin. And uh, so today started probably how the last two days have started, but it ended a lot better. And, and I think, you know, the guys are on the road to, to healing, uh, but it's going to take some time. And, and our approach is to keep them together as much as we possibly can uh, to, to make sure we, we have eyes on them uh, because uh, nothing can prepare you for this situation. And we just want to be there to support the guys. And so uh, we're slowly uh, trying to process and move forward, but we're, we're looking for the positive and, and keeping, you know, close uh, close reins on each other so we can can grieve together. Virginia coach Tony Elliott from uh, late this afternoon. And what can you say about that? You can just hear the pain <clears throat> in his voice and the uh, boy a head football coach being put in that position. Now nah, look, we've seen many cases over the years of a death in a athletic family. I mean it hits it hits hard. Uh, this one's particularly, um, I mean, I guess none is worse than the other, but uh, the way this occurred with a former player uh, being involved here, the alleged shooter, um, it's got to be really hard to come to grips with there on the on the Virginia campus, Chris, and you can tell they're, they're still really struggling to kind of make sense of it all. Yeah, I think they're in a position. You could hear Tony Elliott say that when he got choked up. I mean, they're in a position where they're just trying to get by hour to hour. Yeah. And obviously, those of us in in what we do feel the uh, the end game is always Saturday or or Sunday, and we're trying to figure out what's going on with the coastal game on Saturday, and that that appears to be and should be probably the least of their concerns right now. But I just again, just from that game's perspective, I just can't imagine Virginia's going to be in any shape to want to play that game this weekend. No, no. I mean, how can? Well, today's Tuesday. <clears throat> right. Not to you know diminish the tragedy. But from a football standpoint, today's Tuesday, and I doubt they've done anything football-wise, right? I can't imagine. I can't yeah, imagine no the, the staff breaking down, game planning. I can't imagine the players you know, being on the field. Now, sometimes, you know, a tragedy can galvanize a team and bring a team together and make them want to go and play. But short week of practice, everything else that's going on, I'm sure you got funerals coming up here soon. I don't know when, but I mean, I don't know. It's that's going to be a real tough decision for the folks there to make, or maybe not. Maybe it's not a tough decision. Maybe the correct, easy decision is just 
we're not playing this week. Right. And we've just got to get ourselves, you know, back together as a university and a Virginia family before we can even think about playing a ball game. And you're talking about two, Phil, not just the uh, three young men that lost their lives on Sunday, but just uh, their teammates. They're also roommates. They're somebody's son. I mean, it just it, there's so much heartache involved in this story. And, and even the, the alleged gunman is a former player. I just it, the whole thing is just so tragic. I just don't know how you even begin to try and move forward. And I mentioned this earlier, and sports does a really, really good job over the years of sort of galvanizing, to use your term, and and bringing us back from the edge of tragedy. I just don't know that this weekend is going to be the right time. Guys, great job, everybody. Thank you, folks, for being with us. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.